0: Hello and welcome back to Dispatches from the Dam. I'm your host, Caleb Jarrow. We want to thank everyone for your support and ask that you continue to like and subscribe. Today we're talking to the Jacob Neblet, commonly referred to as Neb. Neb is the Carnes High School Culinary Instructor and Carnes is one of only three high schools in Knox County with an industrial kitchen to have a culinary program. Thanks for coming on today.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, Caleb. I'm excited to be here.
0: So first, I guess we can just start at the beginning. Why don't you tell us about maybe your upbringing, your education,
1: Okay, sure. Where you um, from? Uh, well, I was born in Arkansas, but since the age of five, I've grown up in Cock County. So uh, home is about a hour east of Knoxville. But I went to college after I graduated from Cock County. I went to college at uh, East Tennessee State in Johnson City. I got my bachelor's degree in family consumer sciences, um, basically teaching home economics. And so that's how I moved to Carnes. I got my job here at Carnes in 2010. Um, And I was teaching, like, foods and nutrition classes, so um, talking about food, but more from the aspect of how to manage a family or or feed a family or eating healthy for yourself. And so after five years of doing that, then I went back to Tennessee Tech where I got my master's degree, um, and um, uh, and then I transitioned to the culinary program where we're cooking um, with a perspective from, like, a commercial or business aspect.
0: So I know you always tell us stories in the class about all the people you've catered for. Why don't you share with the podcast, I guess, some of the people you've catered for and maybe some celebrities?
1: Sure, sure, sure. So um, I work um, here, of course, um, serving the staff and the students. That's my main job. That's what I'm most proud of, honestly. But during the summertime, I also spend time as a private caterer and working for a number of different companies. So I have... um, in the past catered for Grammy winners like Chris Stapleton and Leanne Womack, um, Patricia Nash, the uh, handbag designer, um, cast members from Saturday Night Live. Like you never know who you're gonna meet because everybody has to eat. That's the beautiful thing about it. Like rich or poor, like celebrity or not, like everybody's gotta come to the table and they're always gonna be in a good mood when they're getting fed good food. So you get opportunities to meet politicians and to meet artists of, of different types and that's that's an exciting part of it for me I love seeing people enjoying my art my food um, it brings people together.
0: So uh, I know you hit on it before a little bit but what uh, what really made you come to Carnes? And-
1: so um, finishing with my degree from East Tennessee State I knew that I wanted to teach nutrition classes um, so I applied to a number of different schools across the nation Um, I got interviews with schools in South Carolina, with Georgia, um, in Memphis, Uh, but then at the very last minute, uh, I got this opportunity to apply for a job here at Carnes. And so I did and got the call back the next day, offer me the job. So I had another job lined up as well. I called back the other people, told them, sorry, I think I'm going to roll with Karns, But um, it was just a vibe that I had when I got here the first time. Y'all are blue and gold. I, was just, I had just been a buck. We were blue and gold too. So my wardrobe was already ready, and <laughs> uh, I was excited to kind of stay closer to home as well so I get to see my family and my nephews and nieces too. So carnes is just the perfect spot for me.
0: Out of all the good things in cars, what would you say is your favorite?
1: Um, I'm super proud of the students. Like, honestly, that sounds like a a little generic or a little cheesy, but I'm super proud of my students. I think that uh, we've got a wide variety of students here. I've I've taught at different schools either either through my master's program or student teaching, and um, you don't find a lot of schools with as much diversity as what we've got. So I I like seeing – kids from different socioeconomic classes, but people, uh, students coming from different um, cultural backgrounds as well, it keeps things interesting, keeps things fresh. It seems like every semester, it's it's a whole new adventure for me.
0: I know that's definitely important in the class because we're always cooking foods from you know Mexico or even Germany, stuff like you don't, don't normally eat and we're always learning about different cultures and how they eat and how they, I guess, fellowship and do everything together. So you said you started in uh, food science and nutritional science and home economics. How would you end up in culinary?
1: Um, well, going through college, I was definitely interested in all aspects of the family consumer science program. Like if, For those of you who may not know, uh, like the traditional home economic stuff is uh, food-related, but also interior design. It has an aspect of sewing and fashion. Um uh, child care. There's a lot of of fun, home sciences associated with with the Family Consumer Science program. So I was interested in studying that, but my main focus has always been food. That's been my biggest interest. That's been what motivates me and what gets me excited. So I, I thought teaching that would would. Then allow my students to be more excited if that's what I'm most passionate about. So, um, once I started teaching here, I just started making connections, talking to people, reaching out, and letting people know, being very vocal about the fact that my main goal, my main dream was to get a culinary kitchen at some point. So, basically, I was just running around, just yelling to the universe, uh, Hey, build me a culinary kitchen. And over time, Uh, we had some grants line up and we had some support fall our way and I had a great administration that that backed my dream as well so uh, after five years of teaching home economics we we broke ground on the culinary kitchen and and here we are today.
0: So what was the change at Carnes like because I know today it's almost like expected like hey on Thursdays this week you know all the teachers are going to get their food from Nebs and you always smell it in the hallway and it's just kind of a when you come into Carnes it's something that is known at Karns. So, what was the change like when it first popped up? I guess. Well,
1: you know, doing the culinary program has opened up a lot of opportunities to change the culture with the students and to change the culture even with the staff members and administration themselves. Um, like you said, Caleb, we, we now are catering meals, uh, we're doing end of year banquets for different organizations, we're, we're cooking and serving staff members every Thursday. Those things. I'm very proud to be a part of those things. I'm glad that we've got to bring along. But before that, you know, we we didn't have those kinds of things. Like we would, if we felt really special, maybe once a semester, the teachers would order a pizza to have it delivered, and uh, that would be the way that they celebrate, you know, everybody's birthdays or whatever for the month. And now you can do so much better than that. Now with culinary uh, here, you know, we're, we're able to – make a cake or to do a meal to do a service to celebrate these kinds of things in a in a much nicer way the way that people deserve really
0: and the best part is it's the students all doing it which makes which is the icing on the cake exactly I figuratively
1: I tell everybody like uh, my big line is I do the grocery shop and my kids do everything else like I will help with the planning I will help organize I will purchase I will drive to Sevierville if I need to to get a piece of equipment to make my kids dreams come true but they're the ones that have to do this work. So, yeah, I, I want my kids putting the sweat in, putting the equity into this and getting, getting all the praise when it goes well because they're the ones designing it, they're the ones cooking it, they're the ones serving it, and it, it's their work. We're going we're gonna to sink or swim based on how hard they paddle, and my kids, they're, they're good swimmers.
0: I know comparatively, like, it's not a traditional classroom environment where you're taking notes and watching PowerPoints and stuff. What, was, what do you think is your biggest obstacle as a teacher?
1: um my honestly i wish i just had um more time more space uh to to take in more students i have um my biggest challenge i believe for myself is the fact that um as kids take culinary one a lot of them are wanting to move into culinary two and then based on schedules and the the courses that we're offering some of those kids get they fall through the cracks or they get left behind. They, they, Their classes don't sync with the schedule that we've got laid out. So I wish I had more opportunities to offer more culinary twos or culinary threes so I could get even more students through the program because I see the benefits that my kids are getting. You know, they're getting jobs, they're getting paid better than their their peers at these summer jobs that they're working at because they're leaving with industry certifications and things that set them apart, that, that they have proof that they're a boss because they've got, they've got the license to back it up, and they got that through working with us.
0: Speaking of the industry certification, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Because after you finish culinary three, most people don't know you end up with a college credit for like an intro to culinary course and a industry certification so why don't you talk about that a little
1: bit bingo that's a huge like selling point to students like that are considering like their programs of study and considering like what they're wanting to do with their high school career and and thinking about their careers later on and into life Um, like Caleb said we go through classes in culinary one and two that set us up so that when we get into culinary three we have so much knowledge and so much experience with working in the food industry that my students are able to sit for um, what's called the Serve Safe Food Manager uh, certification, this is a license that restaurants are required to have in order to have a business license in the state of Tennessee. This license proves that you know how to run a restaurant and in and, and can cook and prepare food in a safe and sanitary way. So this is a it's an important and very serious thing. The test is very difficult, but my kids go in there and they ace it every time because. They've put in the work and they've put in the effort, so um, like you said, not only do you get that certification that's going to get you a job making $15, $18 an hour um, nowadays in the food industry, but you're also getting college credit. If you pass that certification, you'll get um, college credit through Pellissippi State um, for, uh, for the course, and then you'll also get your honors cords. so you'll graduate as a culinary honors student, and you get to drip out with our pink cords at graduation.
0: Yeah, it's especially important today because workers are needed so bad that you can actually provide for a restaurant and they need you.
1: Exactly, yeah. So there's so many shortages in the restaurant industry today, like the the economy, the way that it's working. Um, so having my students with the experience that they have, they're going to be able to go in and not only get a job but command a higher rate. Like. I tell my students how to advocate for themselves. When you go in, tell them how much you expect to get paid from that job. How much is your time worth? And, you know, you've got the papers that back up that prove that you know more than the regular person off the street. If you're hiring them at 12, give me 14, because they have the experience. Definitely. So like a normal
0: normal teacher, like a traditional classroom buys, you know, paper, pencil for their classroom. What all goes into buying supplies to stock a... Rest, a restaurant industry kitchen <laughs>
1: well that's a that's always a, a fun challenge but um, uh, a, a, an exhausting challenge for me is to, to manage our budget but um, what we do is we we always cook and prepare these foods and then we'll serve those to the staff we'll serve those to the students we'll prepare meals and we'll do caterings and we we always aim to make a, a small modest little profit off of that so that that extra money then gets folded back into the program to help uh, fund Um, charitable events that we do sometimes we we raise money for children's hospital um, where we're making gingerbread houses that's an expensive activity and then we're we're giving that product to children's hospital uh, free of charge to them so the way that we cover those expenses is through selling these food products and, and and making a little bit of a profit off of it so I'm sorry what was your question exactly I don't think I like, how other. how
0: you go about supply shopping? Because, like, for oh.
1: people who aren't in the class don't
0: know, but it's not like you're going to Ingalls and getting, you know, grilled chicken and broccoli and mm-hmm. we make some – like, you're coming in some days with goat and teaching us about Ethiopian culture. That's true, Very yeah. Very unique stuff that, like, I've never even seen before. The <laughs> store.
1: So. Uh, you, you know, life's too short. Uh, make sure that your food's not boring. Make sure that you're experiencing it all. Yeah, the grocery shopping is a big aspect. That's the, probably a challenge as far as a teacher that, that – um, Affects me maybe a little disproportionately, but I, 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 in the long run, I feel very blessed. To go and find those exotic ingredients, yes, I'm going to African grocery stores on the um, on the east side of town, or I might be traveling, literally I'll travel to Sevierville to go and pick up equipment sometimes to get the things that the kids need. Um, it's a challenge, but... Um, one definitely worth taking. I, I shop at Sam's Club, and then we'll have to have specialty orders off the internet sometimes too. So, uh, if my kids are motivated, if that's what they want to do, then we're gonna we're gonna make sure that those visions are executed. So.
0: So now I want to pivot into maybe some of your personal favorites. For those who don't know, you've traveled just about probably across the world. You're <laughs> always telling us cool stories. What is your favorite? dish that you've ever eaten or maybe that you like to make
1: oh my goodness okay so that's that's genuinely such a hard question i get that a lot like teaching culinary arts like people ask what is your favorite food but honestly the food that the food that i'm sharing with friends that's my favorite food like food is so much more than just like the the experience on your tongue or just the 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 feeling of fullness in your belly it is the feeling of fullness in your heart it brings people together it's a place where people come together and fellowship so um, being able to share food with your friends with a new friend that's maybe from a different country you may not even be able to speak the same language as this person but um, we can commune together with this food so that's kind of a i'm kind of like phoning in that answer but i'm just going to say the friend the food that i'm eating with my friends
0: so where do you think is the favorite place you've traveled because I, I don't even know, like, all mm. the places you've been. Mm.
1: Okay, so, yeah, I love to travel. And before COVID, I was always trying to leave the country at least once a year. But, honestly, my favorite place that I've ever been to is Trinidad and Tobago. It, it's in um, South America right off the coast of Venezuela. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful country where the people are known for their hospitality and their laid-back lifestyle. They've got gorgeous natural resources and waterfalls. Um, I went there and, and got to work on a cocoa plantation and work at a distillery. So uh, even during the summertime in my quote-unquote time off, I'm still trying to learn and better my own education so that I can bring it back and, and share those kinds of experiences with, with my students as well. So um, we've, we've come back and made um, uh, Trini break, breakfast foods. We've had whole meals uh, focused on like a Caribbean-style uh, menu influenced by these tribals. so Trinidad and Tobago is probably my favorite
0: and you talk about how like you're learning different cultures and stuff I'll never forget I walked in the class one day with a couple of friends and you just had a whole sugarcane plant yeah sitting on the table yeah and that was like the whole assignment that day was like we were learning how to break it down and use it and it was it's always something fun and going on in the kitchen
1: that's you know I mean as a high school student myself I I know I'm getting old now, but I can still remember being in high school and I've always been the kid that likes to poke things. I want to touch it. I want to hold it. I want to move things around. Just let me experience it. It's called kinesthetic learning. Now that I'm a teacher, I know what that stuff means. But that you learn through experience. You learn through play. You learn through doing. And so I... I, being someone who really appreciates that, also love to trigger that in my other students, too. So, yeah, bring it in. Why not bring in some sugar cane? Here's a seven-foot-tall piece of grass. (laughs) Uh, It looks like a a ninja turtle stick. Like, this thing is awesome, but here's how you, you know, here's how you handle this thing. Let's break it down. It's heavy. You can grind it. You make juices, and you can turn it into this thing and that, and here's the different products. You can make molasses from it. You can make table sugar. Uh, Yeah, why not? Like, life's too short. Like, have fun. Play with your food. So uh, people
0: in East Tennessee are pretty passionate about food. What do you think is, like, maybe your favorite restaurant or the best place you've eaten in East Tennessee? Mm-mm-mm.
1: Okay. So um, favorite restaurants to eat at, um, that basically depends on on the day of the week, I suppose. There is a place in Bearden called Pharmacy where they cook food Um from local suppliers, it's gorgeous, but that food's a little fancy. I love pharmacy and I love simple in South Knoxville. If you're looking to impress somebody, if you're going on a date, but if you wanna just go and hang out with some friends, I love places like Sunspot, which also uses a lot of really fresh, local um, farm ground ingredients. I love places where the menu changes throughout the year. I know it's a little frustrating that you can't get the same food year-round, but if you're doing that, it's showing that you're paying attention to the, what foods are going to be freshest, what's going to have the best nutrients, what's going to have the best flavor right now in this time of the year. And so they're, they're not skimping on serving, sub, serving a subpar product. So, yeah, those are some of my favorite spots. And, oh. oh, and Phoenix Pharmacy for ice cream. Yeah, okay. that's a good spot.
0: I knew you were going to say that one. And I was. I went to uh, Sunspot this summer to try it for the first time based yeah. on your recommendation, and it definitely didn't disappoint.
1: Delicious stuff.
0: So as we, uh, I guess, look f- uh, f- to the future of culinary at Carnes High School, what has COVID done to affect the mm-hmm. culinary program? Okay,
1: so, yeah, COVID really, I mean, it hit us all. <laughs> it hit us all uh, pretty hard last year, and uh, we're still feeling the effects of it today. So, yeah. Um, there was a lot of challenges at the beginning as far as figuring out how my students are going to work together, how my students are going to collaborate. Cooking is an intimate thing. Like, people have to stand close to one another. People have to share things. You're going to have to, you know, transfer things from one hand to the next. And, and doing that is hard to do without being within the six-feet Restraint. So, yeah, there was a lot of uh, figuring that stuff out basically, getting kids to work in smaller groups, um, keeping the same groups uh, together, and basically moving little piles of kids um, in herds from one job or responsibility to the next, as opposed to um, the more free flowing, less structured way that I used to do it, where um, you might work with Sydney today, but tomorrow you can work with Travis. Nowadays, everybody has to stay with the same people all the time
0: yeah at least it's i know when i was in there it was last year is when i took culinary two and three and covid was still at its height and we had to make sure like it really everything transfers over because to cook in a kitchen you have to wash your hands you have to make sure you know you're not uh making sure food's cooked to temperatures killing all viruses that could hurt somebody so it really wasn't anything groundbreaking that we had no learn to learn new
1: you're absolutely right so yeah the like All the kids, especially Caleb, like he's come in to Culinary 2 and 3, and he had already had all this information before COVID even hit. So once COVID started hitting in the first place, they were giving all the recommendations that I was telling my students already. We wash our hands. We we always wear gloves. We make sure that we're handling foods properly, and we're not doing this, and we're doing that. Um, So, yeah, the same guidelines to protect ourselves from COVID um, are the same guidelines that we use to protect our food basically in general. You're absolutely right about that. So I know you're planning to sell
0: cookies, maybe raise some funds for yeah. the culinary department this year. Why don't you talk about that coming yeah. up on Valentine's Day? Yeah,
1: so we're, we're trying to uh, raise a little money, bring some funds in for the program, um, buy some new equipment. You know, things get beat, beat up and banged around um, when you're working in an industrial kitchen. So we're going to do a fundraiser. Um, And you could be the first to know that we are going to be doing some vanilla sugar cookies with, like, all the Valentine, fun Valentine sprinkles. We're going to do, like, the double doozy cookies with some red buttercream icing in the middle of those. We'll be selling those uh, starting next week uh, in the cafeteria. So you can purchase those and send them We'll deliver them to your loved one. Or you could send one to yourself. I don't blame you if you did that, too.
0: Well, we are recording this on a Thursday, so when it comes out, the kiffy should already be for sale, so
1: Bingo. you'll have yep. to make
0: sure you get them. Come and check them out. I've, I've tried the product, and it's pretty good. There you go. What, uh, what lunch services? do we have in the works for this semester? Oh, boy. Because so, I, know, I know myself included with most of the school I always look forward to those. Heck,
1: yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest, um, biggest things that the kids look forward to and that I look forward to as well um, every week is what's going to be on the menu for next week. Um, so we always like to look at the market and what's on sale at the time. That's always good business practices, so we are influenced by that. But I do know that with... The weather may be starting to warm up. We're gonna to want to bring some more of those um, spring and summer type food. So I, I we'll do a, a service with some chicken wings. I'm sure we'll probably do some burgers, just because the kids love to do that in the spring times as well. But um, maybe some fried chicken. That's something that we've never offered before. But I would like to have that experience of doing fried chicken with the with the staff. So. Um, Uh, A little bit of that and some of the old favorites as well, meatloaf or um, uh, jerk chicken or uh, maybe a teriyaki chicken, all sorts of fun stuff. Who knows? The the options are, are limitless.
0: As we head into my next question, talking about, you know, culinary applications, I have to add that lunch service is probably the most fun days in there because... It runs like a restaurant. You have people cooking. You have people coming in. You're serving. You're basically doing everything yourself, and Nev's just you know walking around making sure nobody's on fire. Or Bingo. Nothing's going wrong. <laughs>
1: Bingo. So, don't stab yourself. Don't catch yourselves on fire, and then run this cash register. Exactly. Here you go.
0: So I know the culinary applications will be releasing soon.
1: Absolutely.
0: What do you, what do you uh, look for in students when you're picking who gets in the culinary?
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay, so culinary, we, we – I'm very fortunate to say that we, we get an opportunity to uh, accept applications for culinary arts. There's a, a big demand for culinary arts, and uh, there's also, with that interest, is also this understanding that um, this is a very serious class. Like, when you handle people's food, you can make people sick, you can make people ill, you could literally kill somebody if you're not handling foods in the, in the proper way. So I need to know that I have kids that are disciplined, that are able to work, that are able to take direction. We also can't lollygag and take seven days to do it. You know, we got to get this chicken cooked. It's got to get on the grill in 10 minutes because it takes 15 minutes to cook, and then the food's got to be served in 35. So we got we got to have kids that are confident, that move with purpose, and kids that, that care, kids that are interested. Um, I tell people all the time, if you love to cook great culinary is a place for you but also if you burn cereal I want you to, because that's literally my job is to teach you how to cook. That's, that's not a pro- You don't have to know how to cook. You just have to have a, a passion for cooking, an interest in cooking, to to just show up and care. Be down. Just Are you, are you down today? Are you down to, to make macarons? Are you down to make jerk chicken? Are you down to uh, go on this field trip? Who knows what we're doing? It's like Miss Frizzle's classroom sometimes in our <laughs> room. So, um Just having kids that are interested and motivated um, and show up to class on time. That's always a good one, too. I like those kids.
0: Yeah, speaking of showing up to class on time, my, my sophomore years when I was in culinary one, that was our only grades, really, was if we showed up on time, and if we just participated in whatever the day was, and it was something different every day. Yeah,
1: so much of our stuff is like, you know, there's your grades come from like our safety tests, and your grades come from our labs, and comes from the lunch services that we're doing. It comes from the experiences that we're doing. So a lot of kids see a lot of that stuff as, as fun, but you are being monitored, and you are being graded, and all that stuff, and then you do get, um, but I do also have that expectation that, you know, if the kids show up tardy, if you show up late, then you're, you're going to get dinged for that. So, yeah, that, that's one of the aspects of, of grading that, that, that goes into the program. So
0: I mean, the class trains you to work in the restaurant industry, and you wouldn't show up to your job late, so it really does. Bingo, and that's, really exact, make that's exactly makes sense. I drive that home. Being through the culinary program and, uh, like, graduating from it, I really recommend it to anybody. If you can't cook, I would, like, don't be scared. Just go in. It's fun. Sure. You, get, you eat every day just about, and you learn something new every day. So that about wraps up everything I have. Is there anything else you want to add? Maybe a story you want to tell, or something going out? Or
1: I, I mean, I'm just so thankful to have you, Caleb. But I know you've been doing the podcast for a while. I've been listening um, since the beginning, and so to finally be invited along is a is a huge honor. Um, Like he said, we're doing our fundraiser that's coming up. We're going to be delivering those cookies on Valentine's Day. We're also doing uh, the applications. Applications will go out on um, Monday, I believe the 1st of February. We'll be accepting those through the month of February. So um, those deadlines... Like I said, we need kids that are motivated and kids that move with purpose. So uh, that is a hard deadline. Make sure that you get that stuff picked up from room 102. Um, The application is three pages long. There's like a parent letter. You've got to fill out a questionnaire, and you've got to get a teacher recommendation. So it's not like a check a box and and you're done kind of thing. It it takes some effort. So go ahead, come and get those things early. Pick them up, and then... um, uh, get those turned back in by the 1st of March so that we can start considering and whittling down our, our pool of perspectives.
0: Awesome. Well, Neb, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I just want to continue to thank everyone for listening and supporting us, and you can find all of our information at karnspronicle.com. <laughs>